Good afternoon, everyone. Uh, episode 10 of So What's Been Happening, uh, Sunday the 25th, the day after the big day. Um, what a big day it was for a lot of Tiger supporters uh, and sadly a disappointing day for the Cat supporters, although it's uh, it's good to be there. Even as a Melbourne supporter, I would have loved to have been there. So um, sadly not the day that the Cat supporters would have liked. Um, I'm sure the Cats, uh, the Tiger supporters would have, would have loved it, um, but I dare say they're a little bit unsure um, but they'll take the back-to-back any way you can get it so let's uh, let's get straight into this uh, sorry about that technical delay guys we're about 20 minutes later than we would normally be so without uh, further ado bring up a good mate of mine Mr Glenn Curran how are you Glenn? G'day Az how are you as you said big the, the morning after or the afternoon after I think Absolutely. a lot of people especially especially impartial viewers supporters Possibly very happy with the evenness of the first half, and I think the side that we all thought would have won with our heads, maybe not our hearts, came to the fore in the second half. Good game for yeah, you to watch that. Yeah, look, you might be right. Um, um, look, I was pretty confident on the Cats, to be honest. Um, behind the scenes, I thought uh, I thought they'd come good and send off Gary in style, and Danger would get his first one away, but sadly, uh, didn't happen couple of minutes into the game and it all went pear-shaped pretty quickly. Um, and then it was a case of, as our per our chat the other day, the other night, we're having the little master on. Um, we got a few little intrigues into what was happening in the world um, and whether the little master could pull off his his Houdini tricks and get him get the cats out of jail again. But it, uh, it wasn't a be, sadly. Um, so the start of the game um, was an interesting one, wasn't it? But Look, I want to bring up a good mate of mine who couldn't make it the other day and would have loved to have been on the show. He's a mad catter, probably one of the maddest catters I know. Loves his cats. Um, and, look, he's going to be a disappointed man, but I'm sure he's always got a smile on his face. We call him the Hurricane. Justin, Hurricane Nunn. How are you, Juzzy? I'm well, thanks, AC. I appreciate you uh, inviting me onto your podcast, mate. No problem, mate. This is Glenn. Glenn, this is Justin. G'day, Justin. Nice to meet you. Glenn, pleased to meet you, mate. Let me just run through a little little reason of why we put this uh, original podcast together or this chat. And it was it was all about uh, during this COVID lockdown period, um, sitting around or or being locked locked in a booth, so to speak, um, not being able to get out an hour a day. It was kind of prison time for all us Victorians for a while there. Um, they gave us eventually gave us two hours, which wasn't much better. Um, but we, I kind of got sick of Zoom chats and Zoom meetings, um, decided uh, going for a walk with Glenn, who doesn't live too far from me. Uh, we were chatting just along the lines of, well, wonder what the classic, wonder what Mac is doing and Jono and all that story. Um, so we thought we'd jump on um, Facebook and just have a chat to whoever jumped on. And we decided to go live one day. And here we are, 10 episodes in, um, as Glenn always refers to, was never supposed to go past number one. Um, but it's it's great to be able to combine uh, some people together, some stories, uh, a lot of people that don't know each other. Um, and for right now, we've been able to combine the love of football um, and the love of uh, grand final day. And we'd love to have been in your position, Juzzy, um, being a Cats man, uh, just to be there. Glenn, uh, obviously, being an Essendon man and me being a demon, as you know, um, it's, it's a little while before we're going to get there. So just tell us a little bit about the build-up of the day Jazzy or the week, how does it feel? It feels very different to the last grand final you're in. Mate, uh, 
it doesn't feel anything like a normal uh, a normal grand final for us, to be honest. So traditionally, 2007, 2009, 2011, even other years that your team isn't um, are competing, uh, you've got the breakfast organised, you've got the um, car thing, you know, in town, the scrambling for tickets, you've got the scrambling for, you know, say that you've got a friend of a friend who's chasing, you know, a couple of seats. Um, I don't know. It just, for me, it didn't have didn't have that build-up at all um, that it ordinarily would have. Not being able to have over, you know, friends and mates and, um, I don't know. It was a bit weird. I, I bought in a heap of frames um, and put them, put them, put them sort of all around the house to try and create a bit of that feeling. But, but even still, I sort of, um, I must admit, like even the loss, it hasn't really hit me the same way that it would normally. Um, I think I'm most I'm disappointed that I'm not going to have the game to watch um, next week, more so than um, the outcome. I mean. I'm 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 proud of my team. I'm proud of my club. So yeah. So absolutely, uh, mate. In, yeah, in summary, how could you not be? I mean, uh, yeah. the cats were good. The cats were good this year. They they tried their guts out, to be honest. And it was just a shame uh, we couldn't get one done for the little master to send him off in style. Yeah, he, he um he's been he's been fantastic. He's been fantastic for the game, you know. But um, to be honest, mate, just they haven't achieved. Yeah, 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 true. We'll come. We'll come back to yeah. that one in a second. But um, yeah, just talk about your love uh, being a Cats man. Not not just your love for for Junior Gary, um, but but a love for for Senior Gary back in the day. Um, it oh, even Senior Gary. It even it even um, it even took a special place uh, on a number plate, I believe. Yep, I've got. Uh, I mean, growing up as a kid, you'd go and watch just him, like. I could, you know, I can recall being um, being at the G, and the sound of the crowd would change if the ball even went anywhere near him. Um, everybody would, you know, I'd be up and about. I mean, an amazing, an amazing player on the field. But I think that uh, I, actually, I think his son's uh, probably been a more complete player. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's going to be a hotly debated one, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's it's sort of weird. So I say his son's been a more complete player, but if I could only pick one of them going going into a match, I'd still pick senior. So, um, so it's it's hard to explain. It, it, it's interesting you say you say that, Justin. I I was lucky enough, and being the age I am, just just turned fifty earlier this year. Seeing players, seeing a lot of fathers and sons play, like obviously Gary Senior, Gary Junior, Ken Fletcher, Dustin Fletcher, um, Jack Silvani, Steve Silvani, and this the comparisons. Like I love watching the little master play, but as a supporter, I was lucky enough to go to that game, and it was just a normal Saturday afternoon game of the G. When I think Ablett kicked fourteen and Salmon kicked ten, and it's just one of the most pure games of footy I think I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I absolutely. think that it was a different game back then too. Um, mm. 
the game today is a very a different game. And that's supporters yeah, sure because is. it's and because it's on TV, you know, and we see see plenty of games of it. But I think if we look back to two thousand and eight and two thousand and nine and two thousand and ten. Um, junior, it'd have game after game after game of 42 touches, 45 touches, four goals. Like it was just every week, 38 touches, you know, um, 45 touches. I think that we're quick to, um, you know, it's it's 12 years on. Um, uh, so in 2009, his he, Brownlow year, um, that was a phenomenal year. So I think that we're spoiled and we're quick to, you know, quick to... Uh, be a critical but I think I think Junior in his prime is by far the best player I've seen for consistency over a over a three four year period. Well he got the yep. ball as you said he got the ball a lot and it's great to get it forty two times but he would use it thirty nine times excellently. And he did it at the Gold Coast too, so yeah. I think I, I I think that we underrate that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it was definitely a big call um, heading up to the Gold Coast on on not only uh, Gold Coast money but AFL money. Let's let's be honest. They uh, I, they put some in his I pocket have it, for sure. I have it on good information, uh, as as close as the information can come from that. He actually uh, did try and get out of the deal. Yeah. Oh, look, there's no doubt. He, yeah. He's one of those guys that there's no doubt he missed home. Um, he, if he yeah. could have come back to Geelong um, and never left Geelong, it'd be interesting to chat to Gev, ever get to Gary one day and, and be able to ask him that in retrospect. And I'm sure he's the kind of guy that would never, ever say that he'd made the wrong move because he did such good things for Gold Coast um, and the AFL. And he, he's such a great person. Um, but, you know... That that classic one club player, he did so much for the Gold Coast, and I think he really left a good legacy there. But sadly, so many players left the Gold Coast um, in amongst that era, like they have w, done with GWS. And I think that's always going to be the challenge for those two well, clubs. You, you look at the vision last night. Obviously, we talk about sliding door moments in life. Look at the bloke playing up the other end wearing number 19 for the black and yellow, who was a captain yeah, well, of the Gold Coast. We've all, uh, we've all, we've all, as you said, Glenn, we, we've yeah. all changed our tune on, yep. on uh, big time after, after what he did a couple of weeks ago with that young kid. And I know there's so many players out there that do that, um, but it was just actually great that the media actually reported that one, where he actually went up and, yeah. and uh, took that kid aside and, and wished him all the best for next year. So I just want to start with a, how different it looked this year. Um, obviously, yep. that's that's all we got we got to see. Um, it was a, still a beautiful MCG, mate, but it. Just wasn't the same for us. Um, so we start with the start of the week. Uh, this, this fair to say, this uh, tearing, <laughs> tearing up a piece of the goal square um, and taking it to the Gabba. Great idea in retrospect from the AFL, um, but probably didn't get the the uh, happy exposure that they thought it was going to get, and they decided to just dump it in a little spot, a little patch. On the interchange box. Honestly, look like a mistake anyway. So I think if you're going to do it, you've got to substitute like for like and put it in the goal square. Um, but obviously, there may be a concern around safety and all that sort of stuff. But the way they do it these days, I just think it was a it was a bad look. It was a bad look in the COVID period. 
um, to spend money on that supposed transport to truck the thing up there and the whole shooting match. Um, there's no doubt plenty of other stuff went up with it. So I don't know. What's what's your thoughts, guys, just on that one? Did, Justin? did they quarantine the glass for 14 days? Yeah, <laughs> probably not. Probably not. There would have been a little bit of just, water in just, it. It's just, it's just a question. I know it's, <laughs> it's just a question. It was a great idea, but I, it didn't seem to get get the uh, miles up there or the coverage. I think there's still a bit of an us versus them thing going on yeah, uh, interstate. So, uh, because they had a great chance to, you know, to make a thing of it. But um, don't worry, it'll be back at home next year. I can assure you, at the grand final. Yeah, they were a little bit bitter. That's for sure. Um, at, at night, at night, I dare say too, with three million people tuning in, I think the broadcast rights and and the money will um, dictate the outcome. Can we just talk on about that... the elephant in the room? Let's talk about the other thing that I'm yet to, to see the AFL get it right. Aaron and I, no, we sure. I know, I know what you're talking about. Let's come back to that one in two <laughs> I seconds. I do too. I do too. <laughs> and, in two seconds. Actually, no. Let's run with it. Let's run with it now, because I'll come back to the okay. next bit after that. Um, Sorry, boys. But yeah, just before I'll, you do, I'll, just let me I'll, let me yeah. uh, just before you do, let me because I've got a couple of picks I've kind of finding along the way for some of this stuff. So um, let's go with what we think should. Did they need to do any more than this? Let's be honest. That would um, iconic. Now, obviously, uh, the great man doesn't do it too often now. And in fact, we're lucky enough to have him at the Northern Footy League, uh, which is a local local footy league, and he does it there every year. And it's just unbelievable. It's, the question is, who's he going to pass the baton to? Um, there's a bit of a there's a good friend of ours, Dave Cosma, who came on the show about six weeks ago, and we're going to start up a little campaign to get Big Dave uh, out there doing up there, Kazali. So I'm sure it'll be in his wheelhouse. He, he'll give it a go. But um, look, there was a few fatal mistakes, and. I don't think we've recovered since meatloaf, but have a no, look. At, you know, I've obviously seen this one too. Um, can, the can, worst can... entertainment ever, uh, and yes. the classic meme: "Hold my beer, hold one, hold mine too." Mate, the bottom line was: is who were those guys, and what were they doing there? What now, what 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 are we doing here? Is it is it a free gig these days, or are these guys getting paid? If someone gave you the opportunity to perform. On a national stage, with regardless of the COVID, the amount of people watching, it would go to overseas, it would go everywhere. I don't care if you sing your own song, but don't sing someone else's song and kill it. Because share. Okay, let's is let's, very let's upset. start with let's start with which ones got killed then. Well, in your I thoughts, remember, hand on heart, sure will be a big a better singer than I will ever be. Yep, you got that right. And I, and I believe in love, but I don't believe in that song ever again. And the guy singing that song, well, my my seventeen year old boy, he goes, "What's the guy from Weakest doing on the on the stage?" Mm-hmm. If it was the guy singing, if it was going to break in a teenage dirtbag at some stage. Yeah, well, it was a little bit. The whole thing was a little bit Eurovision to me. Um, and I think I saw a comment posted. It was it was an absolute ripper. A mate of mine put up that. We've obviously borrowed the lights and the light show from the 2000 Olympics and just brought it across and forgotten forgotten to plug half of it in because it was it was pretty average, wasn't it, guys? I know they tried. It was our first first attempt at a night grand final, and it's not like we haven't had a night game. I mean, we've done some of the absolute beautiful games, Dreamtime, and all those were fantastic. But 
It was just an well, they had an opportunity. I see. I see. But, I think they had an opportunity, and they missed that opportunity. Yeah. Can someone um, ask? Can someone tell me. Sorry, Justin. Can someone tell me the first performer? Now I know there's different ways you perform a song, but I thought the two first songs were more of an oration, like reading a poem or that sort of thing. They it didn't seem to be singing to me. Now this is this is the AFL's biggest day. Let's get the players up. Let's get the crowd up. And this bloke comes out, and I thought I was back in grade six, and we were listening to a poem get read out. Yeah, well, it's look at. Look, someone must have missed the rehearsal. That's all I can say because it probably wouldn't made the probably wouldn't have made the cut if that's the and not backing bagging these guys. Look, at the end of the day, they've they've been paid to perform. They're they're on they're on an artist's uh, or record company's deal there somewhere, and they're probably making much more money than we are. So good on these kids. But um, yeah, I just think if that's the state of the play of music, yeah, we're we're starting a battle now. Um, and and look. Was that not the opportunity for Powderfinger right there? Um, Midnight Oil, Cold Chisel. I know there's plenty of bands, and if anything, um, I would have thought that uh, maybe we did try and we tried to negotiate those, but we just couldn't get them. And and but we've spent that much on the bubble now. I think we really needed to make sure that that one hit the mark. Um, and it, uh, to me, it just didn't. I know they look for a younger audience. I don't even know if the young ones like that, mate. That those that shep that shepherd crew, mate. That sung, they sung a song from seven, six or seven years ago. Now I'm not saying they haven't done anything since, but was that all we got, Geronimo? Like, give me a break. Um, it's there's seventy and eighty year old women walking around Montmorency this morning singing Geronimo, mate. Like, it's just got to go. Um, At least it's with Geronimo. It's an upbeat song. Like I thought, Andrew Stockdale. It's an upbeat, exciting song. The drums are well, going. Once again, even even him, Wolfmother, and I'm not sure what the deal is, but they put Wolfmother all over the back and then announced just Andrew Stockdale. So I'm not sure what's going on there. Maybe he hasn't paid the final bit of the, the name off to own the rights again for Wolfmother. But mate, they were, I went to the 2009 NRL Grand Final in Sydney, and Wolfmother blew the blew the doors or the roof off the place. Um, he was fantastic. Now. They played the same song, for God's sake. Um, and he's, well, he's done nothing since. It wasn't a tribute band. And I don't know. I'm just devastated. We've got so much good Aussie talent. And that's what we kind of rolled out. So oh, I don't know. We, I think we've got to – will we ever get it right? That's the question. I mean, Gidinski, apparently, he's the one that does it all and does the deal. I think Mushroom and their crew – They've got much better listings than that. So, I don't know. Maybe they couldn't get them there. COVID issues. I'm not sure what's gotten on. But, Justin, um, I'll ask you, because I've just met you today. While the podcast has been going, we've had some wonderful musical guests on. Yeah. A couple of local guys, a couple of international. Amazing. I'm not a musician. I love listening to all types of music. But that's what I couldn't get. I know you can't travel too much, but... There is a bloke, and I'll, I know he's old, but blokes, Jimmy, like I know Powderfinger were asked to answer that question, Aaron, they were asked and said no, but Jimmy Barnes, the Comeback King, Johnny Farnham, Midnight <laughs> All, like they're all in the country. Tones and I, who's, I know he's done it before, but I, I, just, I, I don't understand... I felt sorry for the people performing because they looked like 
oh, I'm getting paid for this, but it's do I really yeah, look, be I, here? I don't know. I, I don't want to spend too much time on the yeah. in the entertainment, and we obviously we've probably given them too much airtime. Um, but one thing we won't talk about is those two blonks that ran out on the ground. Um, fair to go. what a stupid publicity stunt, and I'm glad they copped an absolute bagging. Um, and hopefully they're not allowed into another grand final because they were terrible. Um, but how long did make Yeah, well, no comment on <laughs> I, that one. I didn't mind Helen, but um, yeah. I was young. <laughs> Did you hear Sam Pang said the uh, other night on the on, on their show? Sam Pang said Helen D'Amico was the first naked woman he'd ever seen on television, <laughs> which is a good you, call. You, you might be right there. You might be right. <laughs> um, so, what do we think? How, how do we think the game started, guys? Obviously, it's uh, it started with a cracker. Um, I just want to play. A little bit of uh, video here. Just the first couple of highlights of the first quarter here. Same stakes. It's the same energy. Vlossen's at the back. Dangerfield belted forward. The little master. First touch. Hamble okay. He's out cold behind the play here. Vlossen, what happened? He ran straight to Danger. That was the one where Danger's punched the ball and followed through. Yeah, wow. Well, Vlossen's going to go off. He's not coming back in the next 20 minutes. That's the rule. Look at his shoulder, isn't it? Is it? And Ablett back out on the ground says, give me a footy, fans ride. Well, if that didn't get you going again, Juzzy, I'll go here, mate. It's such a sad moment to see Gary retire. But how up and about were you mm. when Gary, the, when when Jesus rose again, mate? How good was Gary was in line, when he got the... It was in line with 2020, AC. It was yep. just typical of... Of the whole year. Yep. Now, you I believe I heard, for it. I heard it was what a fracture he... afterwards. Um, now, if it is, it's pre- that's pretty serious. I understand his shoulder. He's had shoulder injuries all his life. Um, but, I mean, that one, that was that was a ripper. Yeah, um, and, and wasn't a, you know, it just was a hard tackle. It wasn't anything uh, abnormal. He just happened to sl- slip right on it um, and, and pull it. Um, right out, so to speak. But, geez, how tough was he? Um, just to have him out there at all must have surely inspired the Cats a bit. But what do you think of Danger's hit first on Boston? Uh, no. I, personally, I think it was just part of the game. Yep. Yep, I agree. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, especially in real time. Um, yep. It was just purely going for the ball and the... The, the time between um, him punching the ball away and then, then his arm going into his face would have been, you split know. Split second. Yeah. Yeah, I, absolutely. I, I it was absolutely you, a split second. Glenn, I what do you think? You, he gets a week. Because you know what they'll look at? He didn't play another minute of the game. He either yeah, gets look- 10 weeks or he gets nothing. No, he they they will they will look at unfortunately, and I think wrongly they look at the result. They don't look at they don't look at the they don't look at the biomechanics that danger is punching the ball. I'm yet to know someone who can punch the ball and then bring your elbow back even in the space of milliseconds. It, I think that if he doesn't put his arm out, their heads are going to hit. So yeah, oh, I agree wholeheartedly. I'll be I'll be very. I like think he's protecting himself and. And there'll be no case to answer. That's what I think. Yeah. How amazing, yeah, though, think in so. the space of seconds, 
in the space of seconds two just innocuous contests that would happen 20 times in a game and Vlosten's a big key for them as a sort of zone-off defender and Gaz with all the height, not even connected. But as a Cats man, what did you think then? Who's it, who's it going to help? Us or them? What did you think, Justin? Do you think the Cats would be advantaged by that initially? or uh, No, I, I thought we started well. So I thought that gap in play, that gap in play might not be good um, for them. But um, I was wrong. Going into half time, I think that uh, the, Cats had, the Cats had smashed them. Probably could have been five goals up. Yeah, it was an interesting was an interesting first quarter, that's for sure. Let's let's just cross quickly yeah. to cross over to the second. We're, we're going to cut through this and then we'll cut back a little bit more. Some player forward of the footy here comes to a strange one-on-one contest with Dangerfield and so Dangerfield, who missed a set shot long way out, admittedly in the first quarter, has a more difficult one here now, and that's pretty good. That's on target. That's a goal. Dangerfield gets a big one. Really good one-on-one top opportunities deep, and he waits for Myers to present. He marks just short of the 50. Myers short here, and this will be an opportunity here for Menegola. Richmond back six have been upset. No Floston there. Grimes has been quiet. What about the flick on? Selwood to Hawkins! Hawkins will mark. And set shot at goal. The little mass. Oh, yeah, it was fantastic. Have a look at this. Good kick. Good kick holding the line. They're going to be hard to catch. Baker sends it long and deep. Rewalt got under the footy a little. Look at them gang up on Lynch there. If there weren't four, left Martin around the body. High ball. He's got it. What a- yes. Uh, we get to the second quarter, and geez, weren't things looking good for the Cats? They're up and about. Bruce was all over it. Bruce um, killed him though. He commentators oh, curse. Yeah, I, I just had that little. I had that little twitch just then when I heard it back from Bruce. Um, <laughs> oh, geez, Bruce, you don't say that, and and, and not then, not um, rue that day. So, and, how were you feeling by halftime, Jazzy? How confident were you? No, I could see late, late, mate. In late in the second quarter, that last two or three minutes, the Tigers um, were coming. And Dane, um, I thought that um, Martin didn't need to get a lot of it. But any time he was near it, he created a goal out of nothing. Um, and I was spot on. He didn't need to do much to kick four goals. It's a weird one. He's picked up the Norm Smith. He's kicked four goals. He's probably been the difference. Yet the guy that played on him, I think he played a really good game. So, Paul Jasmine? Yeah, yeah, I think, yeah, I think he played a re- yep. I, I think he played really, really well on him. Um and couldn't have done much more. So, um, yeah, I mean, no doubt. You talk about the third quarter and the fourth quarter, but I just think they were too good. They were too good. Yeah, look, um, as we know with the Tigers, they're, they're never done, right? Um, and and it's that's a similar trait that the Cats have got, to be honest. The Cats just grind away, and they've done that all year. Um, but I think the good side's coming with a couple of people. I discussed with a couple of people. I mean, that's what happens in grand finals. You're never far enough ahead. And surely they weren't thinking going into halftime that that was going to be enough. Um, there's there's never that. It's the classic premiership th- third quarter coming out then. Um, and I'll tell you what, talk about know how to get it done. 
Um, I'm just about to bring up someone that uh, we spoke to the other day. Um, and I can tell you, he will be cock-a-hoot at this one. Um, there is no doubt. Uh, the story behind that, Justin, I'm not sure if you uh, picked up on our show the other day, but uh, graph designer from back in the back in the day, um, put together. Uh, he's he's uh, curates a lot of art projects now, and and is an absolute superstar. He's 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 opposite to you. He's the most passionate Tigers man I know. Um, so I'll give give you the the most passionate uh, cat. Sadly, uh, it wasn't your day yesterday, but I tell you what, it was this boy's day, Eddie. Welcome <laughs> back, mate. Hey guys, how are you? G'day, Eddie. Good. How you Very going? good. <laughs> like nice I to meet you, Eddie. Nice to meet you too. And let's uh, look. We have to start with a big congratulations, Eddie. And I know, um, as a Tigers man, you were confident, um, but without being cocky. Uh, and that's that's probably Justin. You'd say you're a similar similar space yeah, in, that, in that respect. But I was the same, mate. I got a couple of uh, TAB had emailed me and said I could actually cash out a couple of bets that I'd put on. <laughs> The cats um, over the last few weeks, they were twelve to one and ten to one and nine to one, and I just yeah, put a, I just put a lazy couple hundred on them each time, and I thought, no, nah, I'm not going to cash them out because I actually thought we'd get the job done. Yeah, yeah, it was it was it was a tough match. Like uh, definitely um, went into that halftime break uh, questioning a lot of things. So um, yeah, it was it was yeah. it was great to get the job done and I definitely don't think grand finals are um are easy to win so but you know when they come and you've waited for as long as most Richmond supporters have um we'll take anything we can get <laughs> yeah I I don't pay much attention to the score line I think with up to six or seven minutes to go when Geelong kicked their last goal um mm. I actually thought the game was pretty brutal yeah, I, I actually um, don't think the scoreline, um, the final scoreline reflected yeah. the type of match that it was. I don't think it matters in the end. I think that no, no, it's, um, it's a win or um, lose scenario. Like, um, it, it favoured Richmond in the end. Like, there's no doubt that um, Geelong was, it was a brutal start to the whole game. Yeah, yeah. Very in the minute, so. then, the, then the twists and turns, even as an impartial supporter, yeah, as, as sitting there with my, my family watching it, like that, the courage of um, Simpson to take that mark, and the Wichman bloke, and Menengola going back, and then even then, I'm thinking seven minutes to go. I'm thinking if he kicks this, three goals in seven minutes isn't that, and I, and then that whole sort of thing, and then to kick that magnificent goal that he kicked, I thought, yeah. oh, have we got another turn again? So yeah, look, yeah. To, to me, as an impartial. It had yeah. it all. Some really great, tough contests. And I look, did did the score reflect how tight I think the game was at times? Possibly not. So for me... Oh, well, I, I don't think it did. I think Jack I was quiet. I thought um, Tom Lynch was quiet. And yet they both impacted the games. Yep. So yeah, the guys to. that played on these guys all played well. Yeah. They had moments. Like, I, I think that... Mm. Um, most of the Richmond team were pretty um, were, were even like there were there were guys that needed to come into the game, but I think that that um, um, first quarter um, um, thing really shook us around a bit, so we had to regroup. I guess like um, um, he's a good footballer. I, yeah, oh, he's, he's a good he's, footballer. He's a, 
he's brilliant. Like, um, it definitely um, would have rattled Richmond um, at the start. So I think that yeah. I think they're they're actually quite evenly matched, even though that uh, they play very different styles of games. So I, I could see how distressing it is for uh, players when they lose, like um, like Hawkins. Like Hawkins didn't look um, um, too good at the end of the, uh, their game. But, you know, it's a game and there's got to be a winner and loser. And uh, I'm, as, as I said, I'm glad that Richmond won, like uh, um, obviously being a Richmond supporter. But, like, um, it, it was a great game. It is uh, a great game, mate. As we refer to it as the probably the one and only pandemic premiers. Um, yeah, <laughs> you called it. You called it, mate. Uh, it's right there on that t-shirt. So um, yeah, yeah. it's going to be it's going to be one to put in the put in the catalog. And as I said to you, uh, or sent you a message uh, towards the well, pretty much at the end of the game, um, get ready and get that next t-shirt design, mate, because um, the story the story behind that was great. Just give us fill us in quickly with uh, what years that was again and and how that panned out. The t-shirts that I hit, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the so I um I did uh, like I'm known for my t-shirt um and t-shirt designs. Um, I run a uh, business called T World, um, and I document t-shirts across the world. Uh, and I'm a massive uh, Richmond supporter, always have been. And in 2017, uh, before the finals, not at um in the lead up, uh, I decided to do a Richmond t-shirt. And I, I, I had a good feeling about it, even though we'd finished 13th the year before. And uh, there's no way we should have won that premiership. Um, but I ended up doing a T-shirt with an artist called George Rose. And I'm a huge 80s fan. So uh, we did Eat Him Alive and we did it in George Rose's um, signature style, who's an artist that I represent. And for some reason, I still don't understand why I didn't do it. But in 2018... I never had the opportunity to do it. And it was probably because I was very busy at the time. And in 2019, I regretted it. I, I, it kept on stewing on me. So I decided to do it for um, the, um, the lead up to the finals for 2019. And again, it happened before the finals. So my whole thing is that I send all these T-shirts out to all the loyal Richmond people that I know. Uh, and I don't charge them. It was for free, and um, uh, it was great. Like, and it's always great to see uh, the T-shirt being um, shown on social media and things like that. And this year, I decided to do uh, two T-shirts, one that I'm wearing at the moment, which is the yellow and black one. The reason why I did yellow and black, obviously because of the theme song, but it's actually what Dusty said at the end of his uh, uh, Norm Smith medal um, win last year. So I thought that was um, a good nod to him. And then I did Tigerland um, is Queensland, like for the other one. And uh, down below, which I was worried about, I put pandemic premiers and I put the premiership cup before the finals had started. So after that first finals, I was a little, mm, <laughs> have I done this? Have the T-shirts lost its magic? So it was, pre it was pretty funny. But um, yeah, I was very happy that um, they won in the end. Look, it was a look. As I said, I it's I love passion for sport, all sport. And I love passion for your footy teams, and obviously, Eddie, I've spoken to you a couple of times on the podcast now. Justin, obviously, spending here today, and Justin showing the rings he's got for Geelong and that on the same. Look, as you can see in my back corner, 
I'm passionate about Essendon. When I was not long after I was born, my dad, when I could speak, he said, "Do you want to go to the footy?" And I said, "Yeah, that'd be nice." He get good. You back from dress, and I said, "Okay." <laughs> and I did the same with my son. So, look, I think yeah. both your passion's fantastic. I think as much as everybody says it'll be the Asterix and the Premiership, but I give plaudits to the eighteen sides who are involved this year. Geelong and the Tides went hard to each other yesterday, and the Tigers got over the top at the end. I don't, I don't, I don't have any less respect for Geelong. And I don't have any less respect. I think it was a good, a good hard game of old-fashioned footy. I thought last night. And yeah. As much as, as, a, as a Richmond, as, as a Richmond supporter, like uh, I, I watched uh, Geelong in the last two finals, and they were just scintillating form. Like the they mm. they were demolishing sides. They weren't just beating sides. They were demolishing sides. Like they tore Brisbane apart, and they made a mockery out of Collingwood. And um. I think that both those sides are very good sides. Like I thought Collingwood would go a little further and I thought Brisbane would go further. I think, I think it was um, Chris Scott that said it must be um, one of the most evenly placed competitions um, going around um, in like ever in AFL. Like um, I think that the, the teams are fairly close. Like there's obviously a, a little bit of a divide between the last teams, but um, there's pretty close like sides like for, uh, for Collingwood to come from, I think they were eighth, didn't they? Um, that they finished eighth yeah. this year. Yeah. So I thought they were. I thought they were in great form. Like they obviously wanted that revenge on West Coast. <laughs> Justin, it was a great final that they played. Justin, mm, can I ask you yeah. as a sort of as a cats man? And we've all we all watched sport, and when our coach or a player makes a comment, and I know he's explained it away since. Do you think the Richmond people would have used that comment that Chris Scott made about Richmond not being as good as poor form? Because as I look now, and I know there's a lot to happen between now and next year's grand final, it's Richmond's to lose again, putting it out there early. Yeah, I mean, those comments were made last year, is it, or early early in the year? He made them in about right? February and March of this year, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I'd say is I see our Geelong people bagging Chris Scott as well, and I'd say that uh, so people are always going to pick. I think his stats are the greatest coach for win-loss in the history of the game ever. So wow. uh, I think, yeah, so the stats are uh, he's not two or three. He's the greatest of all time. So he's number one, yet we still find faults. I, I just think that we we pick. I mean, are, the, are they very, very, very smart guys? And I think they'd all like to go in as underdogs, but uh, still let people know that they can be beaten. And, I mean, um, I think last night's game shows that because the game was played in two halves. So I think they're trying to get an edge where they can, but the best team for the last three or four years has clearly been the Tigers. Clearly, and I mean, they deserved their flag last night. I've come away, you know, the better team won. So, um, that, that's that's the thing, isn't it? We all have our passion, and you wear your red and black heart, or your yellow and black heart, or your blue and white heart, or as this yeah. case, his red and blue heart, and that's good and well. But at the end of the day, the best horse tends to win the Melbourne Cup, 
the best football team tends to win the premiership. Well, the Tigers are coach, yeah. coached very well, Glenn. Yeah. The Tigers are coached and run very, very well, and they seem very processed. Each player has got a job to do, and they seem to concentrate on that. I don't think, I don't think Hardwick would let a commentary even come into it. You know, they're so so well coached. Mm. Yeah, and I, and I think if you look at the eighteen sides that played in the competition this year, and each side had their moments at various stages during the year, a little bit of stuff on field, off field. The sides that got together and sucked it up and did what they needed to do were the sides that one tended to win more games and then made the eight. So you spoke before, Eddie, about that Collingwood. Once they sucked it up and got together, once West yeah. Coast stopped complaining, they started winning games. Whereas you look at Richmond and Geelong, Richmond had some off-field stuff. It was dealt with. They kept finding a way to win games. Yeah. So yeah. Became, we love the game and we all love to win. But And I know it's cliche, but you, they, you talk about a culture. That it's not just, and as much as a lot of people say Richmond only had 22 players take the field last night, I like yeah. the way that Josh came out with his number on his back. I thought that was fantastic. It was great to see even the Gary Ablett, the wives and kids come out. I, I think that's fantastic. That makes it real. That makes it, for people like us who have got families and whatever, that makes it, they're not up there and, oh, look at those footballs. They're on a night. That was, I thought that was lovely to see. Because that's what it should be. Yeah, absolutely. Culture. And they say it takes a club to win a flag. And I think that uh, the Tigers prove that all too well. It takes an entire yep. club. Yep. Everybody from, from you know, um, the coaches to the trainers, you know, to the staff to absolutely everybody. I, I also think it yeah. um, takes persistence because, uh, like, it's, fu- it's interesting to listen to what Brendan Gale said in, I think it was 2010, um, and his vision for Richmond, and it's now come true. But, it, it like, even that, like, um, I heard him on um, um, one of the channels this morning saying, like, uh, he didn't think that he would end up with the last couple of years being premiership years. Like, um, we, we were, were in the finals for three years in a row, Um in, I can't even remember, 2013, 14, 15, 14, I think. 15, yeah. And, yeah, and um, um, we, we lost it, all, all those games. So uh, I think it's persistence. Like, um, and yeah, but in 2016, in 2016, at the end of the year, they were calling for Hardwick's blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And I, I, I believe it. Um, um, I think it comes down to the way you operate internally. And I think that, it is interesting to see this because I think it. I think football has become a business organisation where you do have to um, believe in the people you put in the job. And I think that there is no doubts that Hardwick uh, was the right person for the job. What What I like about Hardwick, he's the nice guy, but he's also tough. Like uh, you just have to look at um, him as a player, and he, played he was tough, yeah. he was tough. Yeah, he was tough, yeah. and. Even when um, a few weeks back when Lynch was, um, um, you know, going through what he did, which was silly, 
like Hardwick didn't really blink at that. Like he's just gone like get in there, get tough. Do you know what I mean? Like um um and it, it, it's that combination. I think like uh, I think it's the combination of also someone like Dustin Martin. Like he's a very smart person, um, but he's very tough as well. Like um he's um he's he's brutally tough, but he's also uh like has has intelligence about his football as well. Yeah. So, speaking of uh, talent, um, there's no doubt this guy had it in spades. Um, the question is, who gets the first bronze statue? Is it uh, <laughs> is it the great man, great man just there, or does Dusty get it? Who, who do they who do they who put who, who do they get the first bronze statue at Punt Road Oval for? I think and uh, Neil Baum's not far behind him. Absolutely, there's a few, isn't there? There's, there is a few, but what what a great effort! And I know at the end of the day. It's a pro- not a promise, but he's put a pitch to the members and he's put a pitch to the players and the whole organisation uh, 10 years ago. To And I honestly think everyone took it as a, that's something really big to aim at. And I, I thought that was fantastic to see. Um, as a Ooh. Melbourne supporter, I've had a gut full of the next five-year plan that we're up for next. Um, and we get to three <laughs> years into the plan and start a new one. We never finished the five-year deal. Um so, you know, I think it's been absolutely unbelievable what uh, what he's been able to achieve. And it's not just him. He, he's put the right people in the right seats, no doubt. And he's also had belief in a stability um, of having Hardwick there. There was no doubt his head was on the block at certain points during that. But Richmond obviously had that period there where where they were changing coaches, you know, like their underwear at one stage. It was it was crazy. Um, and it was yeah. the, the first place oh, actually, to guarantee uh, that you, you were going to get sacked. I actually think of uh, in the late 90s, I think it was 97, a person that works for me now um, and I've been friends with for over 20 years, her uncle is Stan Alves. And I just remember when he took the Saints to the uh, the ninth grand final against Adelaide and the following year he got sacked. Like going, yeah. what is going on here? <laughs> like, and it, he got replaced yeah. by Tim Watson, who, um, as great a player as Tim Watson is, he, he was not not much of a coach um, in terms of, of where he was going. I think that sometimes you've got to stick to the plan and see where it goes. Like, I, I can see that at the end of a grand final, because it's really four quarters. At the end of the grand final, it's the season on the line. Like, um, you have to start again. And you yeah. can see it in Chris Scott's press conference. Like, um, it was just a, oh, start again, start again um, um, phase. But um, that's where the strength will lie. I think that Geelong um, will be, um, like, they'll learn from um, this uh, loss massively, I think. Like, um, I also yeah. think that um, Brisbane and Port are coming um, uh, big time too. And I think St Kilda guys. I think that uh, you need to keep an eye on St Kilda. I think that they're coached very, very well and uh, he's got those boys um, are bonded and they're playing for him. And a bit like at the Tigers, he's a bit of a... He seems to be coming a bit of a father to a lot of those guys. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. Look at the top five teams this year and just listening then now that... I lost you all for a little while there, but top five teams this year. You spoke this then, Justice, said about father figure, teacher. You spoke about culture. Look at the way the Tigers play for 
Hardwick. Look at the way Scott speaks about, you hear them say, my boys often. Look at the way Port Adelaide speak about Ken Hinckley and vice versa. All defenders as coaches. All three of those guys, all all three of those guys were tough guys that played played in a back line. Yep. Mm. And the other one, Fagan at Brisbane, the way the players talk about him, even as much as a lot of people have disdain for Collingwood, even the way the Collingwood players speak about Buckley and vice versa. That That's yep. the thing. You get, get that. We want to go to war for this man. He is not only a friend, yep. he's my coach, he's a mentor. And and then you with this year, and we know this year is a different year, but even listening to the, the players speak, Vlostin went down, Ablett went down, Players from both sides, they forgot where they were and they both, hang on a minute, someone's could be seriously hurt here. Just that little thing to check in, which I thought at times, it's good to see the human side of footy still there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I know there's a big big duty of care around all those players now. So in, in respect to checking in, we've got someone else to check in right now. Uh, the the 19th man, mate, is uh, is is coming on board. Um, Lovey, how are you, mate? Gentlemen, how are we? Just uh, <laughs> just come off the course for the first time in a, in a, in a, a course. It feels like it's been about two years. It's uh, given the non-amount announcements this morning as well. I'm uh, I think I posted on Facebook before. Uh, I treat golf like gold now. It's uh, the little things that we're all appreciating right now. Yeah, well, just on that, mate, I, I reckon that's the best news ever. We had another mate, good mate of ours, Billy Billy Hewitt, who was off, uh, couldn't make the show today because he's teeing off as well. So it's fantastic to see uh, a couple of boys get out there and play a bit of golf. Um, sadly, Dan's put the padlock back on again temporarily. Um, disappointing to see, uh, and especially after all the Richmond supporters behaved themselves last night and didn't tear up Swan Street. So it was good to see. Um and they did, everyone did the right thing except uh, except Dan, to be honest, because he's just got to let us out, doesn't he? Surely. Um, well, there's more cases in New South Wales at the moment. My, uh, I'm, uh, I'm on board with the Richmond supporters in Swan Street. Swan Street's needed a rehabilitation program for quite some time, and <laughs> looks like Richmond are trying to do that over the next three years. They're two years into it. They've got to rip down a little bit more from last night. I reckon next year, if they win it, the rebuild's done. Swan Street will look a million dollars once they've finished their uh, premiership reign in about two years, I'd say. Now, Alan, I know obviously you've met Aaron and I. Eddie, you met the other night. Yep. Justin, unfortunately, very proud, is a, Ge- is a Geelong person. Alan and I have got a bit of history. Justin, we played or well, we coached a bit of footy together. Can we just tell us, Alan, uh, your golf score, mate? We need, how'd that go? Score? Yeah, what was your. No, 42 today. Pretty rough. Pretty average. 42 for nine. So oh, I'd rather talk about football. 42 for 18. I'd rather talk about. I'd rather talk about footy to be honest. Let's keep it topical, shall we? <laughs> now we heard a bit of a chat about some, and we've we've seen a bit of vision from the first and second quarter. Yeah, so have I. Which, but, what, where do you think, from your as an impartial person, what was the big swings and roundabouts in the game? Oh, Dusty's two goals before half time. The one at near the end of the quarter time that kept the one at half 
font kept them in it. Um, you can't keep a champion down. And it's what happens when you don't know how to play red time properly. And as good as Geelong were, uh, every single quarter last night, red time was an issue for them. And I know that you could probably call it junk time the last quarter, but for me, um, when you've only got 16-minute quarters, it's really it's really surprising that I saw Geelong just let the pedal off a little bit, particularly in that first quarter and second quarter. Um, the, the turning points for me are actually in the third. And I saw, when I saw Noah Bolter go into the ruck, and that change occurred. And then I look across the ground and I see that Scotty's done absolutely nothing with his team. I've gone, the, 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 if, if the bolter thing comes off, um, there could be a bit of trouble here because he gets around the ground just as good as Stanley, if not better. And lo and behold, um, that's what happened. And I think the midfield, Geelong's midfield still were sticking in as much as what Richmond's were, but Richmond were just a little bit more cleaner with the football, I noticed, in the third quarter too. They started uh, putting pressure on Geelong's uh, on-ballers and also the guy with the football. The intensity lifted and Geelong, Geelong couldn't go with it in the third quarter. And I think that was the main difference. I think Richmond piled on the, uh, Geelong piled on the pressure but didn't do it for long enough in that second quarter. That is third that, quarter. Do you reckon, Justin? Do you, do you agree with that? Is that is a Geelong sort of person sort of? Uh, they're playing the kings of the jungle. They're a good side. So <laughs> um, it's, uh, I don't know, come away from the game. I came away from the game um, thinking the only thing they could have done was maybe put danger in the midfield earlier. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, mate, I was waiting for that. Yeah, it sounds crazy, but I'm not even upset. Like, I, I think that the best team came out on top. I, I think that they they earned their flag and they um, deserved it and they and they were better for longer. And um, if you have a look at the guys that kicked your score, our players that played on them played well. So... Um, if you look at the preliminary final last year, I think um, Geelong were 42 points up. And I came away from that game um, going, are the best side won? Uh, they were just absolutely awesome. And I mean, in that third quarter last night, uh, the Tigers were were just quick. They were fast. They were stronger. I think... Are they... Um, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting... It's interesting you, you, you talk about it like that. And I, to, I, I probably agree because you're only two points down three-quarter time anyway. So it's not like you were blown away and you were four goals down. You were two points Mate, down three-quarter time. I think there was six minutes to go and the and the difference was about 15 points. Mm. Um, Martin's picked up the Norm Smith and the guy that played on him played a superb game. It, mm. If you go back and have a look at his four goals... He did bloody well to score those four goals. He did well. I, I think, but if you look at where he ended up getting them and where his starting position was a lot of the time, he yeah. got himself away from Collar Jasny. Collar Jasny is a deep defender. So what Dusty did, he got himself up the ground a bit more. And then Geelong, I don't think Geelong actually got a great matchup for him when he was up around near the 50, near the centre square. Down deep, Collar Jasny played him a treat, not a problem. But when he goes high, when Dusty goes high, and that's the difference between him and Dangerfield. Dangerfield stays deep, whereas Dusty's almost a fifth or sixth midfielder anyway. 
gets his football yeah. and then and then just cuts you apart from from the fifty to forty meter line. He got one goal deep, but if you look at the way he ran onto those um, contests, the, cl- the other classes were probably twenty five out. All the rest of it, he plays high half forward. There's no matchup for him from any of these really decent teams that are left in the comp. That's why he's such a star. He gets his goals on opponents that can't match up on him when he's high up. When he's deep, not a problem. High up, he's he, you're cooked. He's the only guy in 150 years that's ever won three Norm Smiths. Yeah. Mm. So I just think that you've got to give him a bit of credit. Um, yeah, so he, he's a phenomenal player. He's a phenomenal yeah. player. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk about Dusty a little bit more in a second, but. Just uh, while I've been in the background pulling up quarter I think three yeah, that had a bit of an issue. Even... Go, Eddie. Okay. No, Sorry, I was going to say that um, even... Okay. No, go with it. Go with it, mate. Sorry. <laughs> I know the audio is oh, a little sorry. bit choppy. Eddie? Sorry. sorry. Yep. <laughs> I think there's, a, there's a bit of a delay. I, I think um, um, even Scott was saying it's pretty hard to... Um, plan on Dusty, like as much planning as you need, like I think that that's where Port went wrong, like um, I think that Dusty finds a way like, uh, and I think that um, it's very hard to keep up with him like as a person that watches every single Richmond game, like he's always there for the pounce the the one thing that I've seen as Richmond come off the ground every single game this year is that Dusty is so disappointed when we lose and so happy when we um, when we actually win. He's the happiest. Like, if you have a look at, at him going through um, the training rooms and they're about to sing the song, he is the happiest, which is, um, it says something about his mindset as well. See, I, I don't think he played any better than, say, if you even have a look at Edwards' game last night. I think, you know... He was fantastic too, but um, yeah, he was good. A dusty, a dusty gets a little bit more attention because he's um, a dusty. Well, yeah, I but thought... I think that also um, Dusty found that um, found that um, he found the, um, the 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 nooks to get out. Like um, Geelong yeah. played well on him, but like um, he just found um, he just found something. Like it, you can't plan for that. Like no matter how much you. Um, you plan for it. Like, I think that's the, the chaos of what Richmond do. He kicked a goal from the boundary line over his shoulder. He kicked a goal from about um, a yep. 55 out that was a dribble kick. He kicked a goal from yep. at the top of a pack that he just slammed it onto his boot and his guy was right next um, to him. If you go back and have a look at his four goals, he was absolutely brilliant in every single goal he scored. Yep. The- yeah. Someone said it was um, almost goals of the uh, goals of the day. Every single one of them. I, I think that yeah. last goal, yeah. like, was incredible. Like, I think that I actually think that last goal was goal of the year. Mm. All right. Well, let's let's cross through a bit of footage from quarter three. Hang on a second. So it's just a twenty meter kick here, basically directly in front, right behind him. No problems. What a start. For the Tigers, 26 plays 35. Suddenly the Cats are a little unraveled here. It's all Tigers and Castagna. So just a little bit better than 50-50 this season from the set shot. He's a long, long way out. 
Has he got it home? He has. Here they come. Selwood head over the footy as we know that he always does. Duncan, who was probably best on ground in the first half, if they're keeping a tabs on Norm Smith's potentials. Here's Hawkins to Ablett. Let go Ripper. Got it to Dalhouse. He gives it off here to Myers. Myers from 35 with a slider. Got it. Caps on the rebound. Caps against all odds. Caps have been able to steady. And Castagna fumbled the lines, but they might get a second crack. He gets a second crack and can't work it. And then Buse. Oh, great mark by Bolton. Flying into the end. And he plays on immediately. Went for the inside ball. Found it. Lambert's got it. It was risky. Needs a bit of luck. Parford couldn't control it. Hawley went in. Three on the one at watch for the Tigers. Short was able to back up. Send the ball to half forward. High ball bolted there. Rewalt tries to knock it forward. Rioli had a cracker as well. Spills to Martin. Little right foot slider along the ground. He's got another one. Martin's kicked another one. It's his second of the game. And he puts the Tigers in front. Defensive kick down that line. Oh, brilliant back over the back by Guthrie. We don't see him get that high all that often. Little master picks himself up in pain. I'm not sure how long he can go on, Gary. He's going to have to go and get another fix. He would have had a dose at halftime, and he's hurt it again in this fall here as well. It was a gentle one. Him with a clever kick in the end of Revolt. Got it out wide to Graham, belting the ball back. Castagna, Lambert onto it. Beautiful gift to Graham. Oh, that is telling. Thank about the Cats, building the pressure. And plays on quickly, Bolton, and then straightens up with a magnificent kick. Time is ticking away. Down to eight minutes now. High footy to centre half. Collagesny the swatting ball. Lambert found Martin. Broke the tackle. Got a skinner. Martin, can it be three? It is. Dusty's kick three. I'll go first. As a defensive coach, if I'm the Geelong defensive coach, I know Matty Scarlett, I don't know him personally, but I know what a great player he was. I'd be asking Harry Taylor and his mates, they've got in the third quarter, kill it. Menangola, the two, two big things. Menangola, you might have thought you touched it, but till the, till the umpire says you've touched a mark, don't stand there complaining about it. That they were to me two big turning points when the ball bubbled around and then the one in the the first goal of the last quarter, always told as a player, and I now try to say as a coach, don't watch the ball, watch your player. I'm going to okay. jump in. My, sorry, I'm yeah. going to jump in. My phone's about to die. I don't even know why. Um, just real quick. <laughs> I think mine is too. Um, um, uh, but that third quarter for me, what, what, what stood out from that was the lack of, the lack of intellect from the Geelong players. There's a run on. Now, the coach can only do so much to a certain degree. Yes, the coach, I don't think Chris Scott made any positional changes at all that should have that, that stunted uh, Richmond's start. Um, for, for one reason or another, I don't know why Dangerfield wasn't up in the midfield at the start of the third quarter. I don't know why he didn't play predominantly in the midfield. You win your football games in the third quarter. You have your best players available around the ball. The fact that he sat so deep for so long in that third quarter and just had to watch this all unfold. Now, either he, either the coach makes that change or you, Patrick Dangerfield, take the game by the scruff of the neck like your counterpart in the number four at Richmond and you go up there and say, I'm going to do this and I'm going to get stuck into this. He didn't do it. He didn't lead. 
there weren't enough leaders for Geelong in that middle period of that third quarter to really stunt this and get it back on board. That's for me was what stuck out. Yes, you can talk about the uh, the you know the run on and all the rest of it. For me, no one for Geelong stood up in that third quarter. That that was the most telling thing for me. They 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 dug deep perhaps in the last five minutes of that third quarter to keep it to a goal, but the damage had been done psychologically. Richmond were on the hop, they were on the move, and it was going to be extremely hard for Richmond to do uh, for Geelong to reverse that mentally. Don't worry about the physical aspect of it, mentally. I stepped into that three-quarter time. I went to the three-quarter time break and I went, Geelong are going to have to find something, but who? My biggest question was, who from Geelong is going to step up and do what Dusty's done? And if they don't get danger to do that, well, then who else is going to, is it going to be? There's no one else that's as dynamic in that Geelong team than what danger is. And that third quarter, I just think he could have, he could have been brought up into the game a lot more. Sorry, boys. I actually do off the head off. Um, but Thanks, I will... Lovey. Try and get on the laptop if you're not already done. I'll speak to you later on. Thanks for that, guys. <laughs> no worries, Aaron. Appreciate it. See you later. What are you, is Just it, is on, that a, Lovey, what do you uh, think about Jess? I know, I know we spoke before Lovey came on. Um, oh, do you, as, as a Geelong supporter, you're disappointed because oh, they were yeah. so close. But, yeah. but um. So I'm a supporter that just enjoys going out of the game, right? If you win, lose, or draw, the phone goes off, and it's the only time of um, other week that the phone doesn't ring mad. So I just enjoy being there. It's tribal. Um, I don't get carried away. I just, I think that Martin was the difference in the side. Yeah, and and, and, I, and love you. <laughs> I don't think it was anything else. I don't think I don't think anybody got out coached because with danger playing forward, got us to twenty two points up, twenty you know um twenty minutes into the quarter prior. So um, the Tigers only kicked twelve goals after the game. If you had said to me at the start of the game that you'd keep them to twelve goals, then you'd go, well, are you a chance? So I think that. Um, I have a look at the guys in in um, you had Guthrie, Menangola, and a Duncan all played well in in the middle of the ground. I thought uh, our backline played well, and I thought our forwards played well. So yeah, you can't um, yeah, have a grudge. Of the best side are coming out on top. Yeah, yeah. I think the margin was a lot closer. To be honest, I, I don't think the Tigers yeah. blew them away at all. I I just think they they got their three or four extra goals in that last couple of minutes in, in, in certain quarters. And, and realistically, that was the difference. It was a super hard game. Um, and no doubt you talk about the tribe. Um, Eddie, we covered this off before, but how good does that look? You know, uh, honestly, it's, <laughs> it's great to see. Um, kids of all ages, adults of all ages, it's super to see. Um, and potentially, uh, you put this up this morning on your Instagram, <laughs> and I loved it. And I, and I sent it to you, or when you sent it to me last night, uh, Dennis, it was definitely it, and I, and I think uh, I think that could be the next T-shirt. So, getting into work, mate. It's been fantastic to talk to you, Eddie. Um, and thanks for sending this uh, this image through today. Um, that's all we've got to go on, guys. Uh, we're going to suck this up for another year now. Um, <laughs> listening to Richmond supporters yeah. uh, tell us how good they are, um, and no doubt, 2020, 2020 was their year. Um, maybe oh, we should leave them up at leave them up at the Gabba for a bit longer. But uh, as soon as they open the gates. 
Um, I look forward to having a beer with a lot of Richmond supporters down in Richmond, the Corner Hotel, <laughs> Richmond Richmond Hotel. Um, there's so many down in Richmond. Uh, the Swan's going to cop a hiding once it get, finally gets open. So it's just great to uh, it's great to be involved in footy um, as a fan. Um, footy's definitely a game that unites so many people, um, and we love it. And Eddie, there has to be a winner, um, and and you you and your club. Um, we're worthy winners, definitely, on the weekend. Just go definitely. on. Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. As, as it was played yesterday, the best side on the day won. Simple as that. I, Absolutely. I, I, saw so, uh, Gale, I saw Brendan Gale post um, this morning that um, Richmond won in 1920. So it's 100 years since our um, first premiership. Yeah, right. Right. I suppose one question for you, uh, Eddie, are you going to continue this tradition? Because this is about to go down in Richmond, um, it's going to be very interesting to see Mick Malloy, <laughs> Mick Malloy uh, Mick uh, with, the KB, a with the KB haircut. <laughs> because looking at your oh, hair there, gonna, look gonna... at your hair there, Eddie. You've got a bit of the Eddie. Oh, you could have a bit of just down the middle, just 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 straight down the middle. I, I feel like in years to come, I could do a Bruce Dool, like, <laughs> like absolutely. That's about it. Like, well. Uh, Fair to say, pre pre game, I, I I took a little bit of the Gary Ablett. Um, <laughs> Gary got, Ablett got that going early to get on board after our last chat with with the little master, good friend of yours, Shieldsy, uh, Eddie. Yeah. So it was great to have him on as well. He'll be licking his wounds, no doubt. But I know they put up a good effort, um, the the cats, and I really appreciate Juzzy's time as well to come on and uh, have a chat about what a great no worries, superstar mate. Gary I appreciate is. Appreciate the invite. Um, you know, it's an incredible record, no doubt. 357 yeah. games, 445 goals, eight All-Australians, five AFLPA MVP, two Brownlows. It's um, this, you know, you can talk about Gary forever on how good this kid was, um, was and is. And to be honest, he, he could have gone around again, um, in my opinion. Um, it's just whether the Cats could could drag him through another one. But it's sad that he uh, he won't end up with a final premiership um, on that on that end to tick that final box for him coming back home. But look, it's not all fairy tales, is it? Um, as we discussed, no, he's, pulled the was... pin. he's pulled the pin because of his son. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, and, and to be honest, that was an absolute beautiful moment after the game too, to see, what a great pick to see him go yeah. over and, and do that. Yeah. Um, and, and to be honest, I, I, I half got emotional after the game. It is so many of those moments um, I noticed in photos after the game. And, the, and to be honest, this was an absolute super special one that I saw. Um, yep. One of Trent Cotchin's little girls. Uh, and so close to Dusty. And Dusty's so close to that family. And I think Richmond in general, like most AFL clubs, are all close. Um, and you hear about that a lot. But you hear about a, a lot at Richmond. Um the hotline's ringing, Juzzy. Um, hey, hey, are you in trouble? <laughs> little plate for no, Henley. Good. good afternoon, Justin from Henley. How are you? <laughs> Was that your bookie about your payout figure? Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe they are trying I to should have taken out. the cash out. <laughs> so, well, I, uh, I had to laugh, as Aaron knows, talking about having an investment on the footy yesterday. Horses is my for want of a better word, expertise. But I took a little multi yesterday. So I thought, the little master's got to kick a goal, doesn't he? He's got to kick a goal. I'm going to go out. I'm going to, he'll kick a goal in the first half. So the game starts. We all know what happened. I went, well, there you are. Well, that's that, that's that part, of, <laughs> part of the multi gone. And I thought... And that, that's, and the I end of your, uh, that's the end of your tipping career for now. 
exactly let's just right. send off send off to spend two seconds on the on the little master. I, I think this was a fantastic tribute. As we yep. know, players yeah. are very good, very good doing this. But I I, I noticed that Jack Rewalt was the one that went over and yep. approached Selwood straight as the game finished and said, "Look, we want to do it. What can we do?" Uh, was basically what I read from that, um, and we want to line up. So it was the longest line up in history because everyone was out there for quite some time. But it was yeah. so good yeah. to see the the Cats guys, uh, both Cats and and Richmond, when Richmond rightfully um, had the everything to celebrate at the time. But to to be there to send off Gary and and him walk away as a, a wounded warrior, um, there's no doubt he he gave it absolutely everything he could to try and drag his team home and. Look, that little that little section that we'll just cover off quickly now, just before we finish up, um, was the famous moment uh, which we covered off in the, in during that was that little handball, that little give in the, I think it was the third um, quarter, um, which he was, was injured. But that beautiful little handball was just incredible, classic Gary. So let's just switch to the fourth quarter for a second on a couple of highlights. Fans and they deserve it. Silwood going high, Minicola, wonderful run. Simpson out. Yeah. Oh yeah. This is not good. Just stand back, stand back, guys. Yeah, and when he hit the ground. Menengola was brave, wasn't he? But Simpson there, the collateral damage. So Menengola is going to go through his normal process here as the crowd watch on, and thanks to Queensland for supporting our game. And Simpson leaves and the net brace often proportionary that. There's the kick. Let's ride it home with him. He plays on. It's on target. Has it got the length it has? It's there. It's a goal. It's a stinger for the Cats. Against this gun Richmond side. Little handball to Baker. Baker squirts it out to Rewan. That's a good mark under fierce pressure. And there's the intended target. It's a difficult chance and he's got that online gee that's good yep. gee that was just superb off the boot rewalt to loot and the tigers he's going to be a triple premiership player as a youngster so long ball by mcintosh to full forward stanley couldn't quite stick it martin to put pressure still with martin can he kick a fourth So the last time we see the little master. So in a season like no other, as I said, Brian, the champions have been able to do what only the toughest and strongest can do in 2020. The Tigers again. Well, we had to we had to play it in the end, um, but what a great theme song! Everyone knows it, everyone loves it. Um, love or hate Richmond, uh, no one sings it more passionate than the Tigers' um, supporters and players, for that matter. And what I loved about the game in the end was uh, we touched on it before. Eddie mentioned it that um, Dusty was one that made sure every <clears> single <throat> person that was part of that hub environment that got into the rooms was in there and part of that sentence, that last song uh, in that circle. And he, he wasn't, he was trying to drag blokes off the ground to get in and sing the song for starters. Cause he's, he's, uh, he, as we know, he, Dusty is a pretty private person um, and really likes being close 
to just the people in his inner sanctum. Um, he's obviously got a lot better with media over time at, and such a worthy winner. But it was so good to see that absolute passion. Um, just disappointing that we couldn't have 100,000 all singing that same song. So, Eddie, uh, you've probably got next year to look forward to, mate, and hopefully uh, you get to do it. And uh, maybe it could be a rematch for Juzzy. So um, be good to be... Be good to be uh, at the MCG together, all four of us to uh, to get a yeah. ticket. But um, I know I we, look forward we to t- meeting you guys in person. Oh, absolutely! Have a beer and talking footy stuff and talking life stuff would be very enjoyable. Absolutely, and you know, I'd like to do this once we get out of this big lockup. You know, I'd like to try and put this together in a in a couple of rooms somewhere and have a little bit of a roundtable chat about life and footy. And there's so much more to talk about. We're taking the opportunity to talk footy at the moment, but there's there's so many avenues and strengths that different people have gotten, and it's good to uh, good to put so many people together to just chat about life and in this particular instance, football. But um, Eddie, next time I see you, I hope to see you with the uh, the KB um, being being okay. uh, put on. I've, I've got a bit of reading to do, you know. <laughs> yeah, I've got a bit of reading to do. I think one one really interesting <laughs> thing I saw in the paper today was reviewing the two teams, and you know how they rate each player. Um, and then normally, normally the the opposition team cops a bath. Um, but it, there's, I think there's one player that's below a below a five. Um, oh right. And I think that's that's a really testament to the game. To be honest, the 30, 30 point margin in the end, um, no big deal. But actually, the, I don't. There isn't actually one below five, which was which is incredible. Yeah, um, right. I really think. Uh, I really think that's a first from what I remember because I always, you know, everyone cringes to see that kind of response the next day. How's the papers going to review these teams? But that's true. Um, I think it was a really close game, to be honest. And, and a lot I'm not surprised close. to hear that, AC. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, yeah. The well, negativity the lowest, the lowest player, actually, um, is actually one we rated so highly, um, Colin Dasney, Colin Dasney, um, with a five. Um, and Jed Buse at five as well. Ryan. Yeah, Gary Rowan. I thought Gary Rowan was okay, um, personally. Look, Dangerfield's sitting at five and a half. So um, let me just check on who these, Nick who these four, four Nick people Blossom are that reviewed got, it. Nick Blossom wouldn't have got many. Who are these five? Yeah. Because um, <laughs> fair, fair to say these five that have reviewed them uh, maybe aren't on their game as such because, you know, yeah. some of these players were better than that, in my opinion. Yeah, look, Boston, they've given him an NA, and I think they probably yeah, should have. NA. That's the right answer. He, he absolutely started the game, I, I thought, well. But, geez, I reckon Rich, Richmond really missed him um, early because they really had to shake it up. And we talked about the chaos game mm-hmm. that Richmond play. Um, so it actually probably worked to their favour because there was a real upset in amongst the start of the game real upset at the end when the momentum could have shifted in that last quarter um, mm. with another K, sad KO. Um, and hopefully those two players are, are up and about. We, we did see that um, both players were up, up up and moving again, which was so good to see because um, it was such a hard game. But um, any last words, um, Glenn, before we go to the, the spoils oh. and the, and the uh, consoling? Again, as as you and I said, we started this nine episodes ago. I come away from every time. I feel like I've got two new blokes I'm looking forward to having a beer with and just talking about everything. Obviously, footy's a big part of my life. But, look, congratulations to Eddie and the Tigers. Commiserations to Justin and the Cats. But the beautiful thing about footy, Eddie will be back again next year. All I want now is for the seat of the Melbourne Storm get up and have a win tonight from the Melbourne perspective, but yeah, look, 
All good. All good. Uh, Justin, we'll give you a uh, second last word. Uh, just great to come on the uh, on the podcast, mate. I've uh, appreciated it. I've enjoyed the year. Um, so I just think the best team. Best team has scored the flag and uh, hopefully uh, hopefully next year by the time round one starts we can get to a game in person. This is the first year in the last 20 years that I haven't been to a game. Yeah, so, it all feels a bit different, doesn't it? Um, yeah, feels a bit we still pay for our supporters. seats, pay yep. for all the memberships. Uh, so I can't wait to get back to a ground. Yeah. Yep. So. Look, I know, uh, I know, Richmond. We we had um, Pat Cronin's uh, dad on on the other day. Um, sadly, we lost Pat uh, to a coward punch, and we need need to make sure that we eliminate that. So um, to see uh, to have Pat, um, he would have been sitting there definitely at the game somewhere in the spirit, um, bringing home his Tigers, and it would have been such a special moment for Matt. And I know Matt's been riding around Richmond today. Uh, which is fantastic to see. So he's um, he's embraced the Tigers, no doubt. And um, we had an emotional day uh, or night the other night when we were talking through that scenario. Um, and to for Matt and his family to still buy a membership for Pat as part of an honour to him and tribute to him, um, I think it's absolutely fantastic, including a um, grand final seat normally. So we're uh, as as a podcast, we're we're going ahead with the. Uh, so what's been happening group, um, which is going to go up as a, um, a a walk, a charity walk that they're doing, um, Walk Anywhere um, is, is the title uh, for this year. We'll be able to walk anywhere. Um, we're going to do that. And our process is to try and walk. We'll walk to the city. I wouldn't even mind stepping that up and walking to the G, cuz. Um, and it'd be good to cut a lap of the G yeah. on the way home before we get the train. So that's about 25-odd Ks from... From our house, so it's a bit of a challenge, no doubt. But uh, we're going to combine combine the case together, and the plan is to try and um, cut a lap of Australia, um, which was the plan for the Patrick Cronin Foundation. So um, I'd like to just give a quick shout out to them. Congratulations to Matt and the Mighty Tigers. Um, it's been a long time since they've pulled it off. Also to to Lisa Wright um, that we had on the show the other day, um, who's the uh, daughter-in-law of the famous Roy Wright. Um, superstar tiger back in the day dual brownlow medalist so fantastic to see that and another thing that great to see was um the beer swiggler ash barty who was having a beer at the footy not long ago um being able to present the cup well i think that was fantastic uh honor for her um and there'd be so many people to be desperate to do that um for their club so uh any anything else guys or uh, look obviously juzzy we love our melbourne storm glenn you're probably haven't been a huge rugby fan that I believe over time, but you're warming to the game. Look, I am. As I, as I said to you a couple of times, as like I'm, I'm an old DLSL boy, Justin, as you can see, my jumper back on the top right corner there. So I've known Brian Walden very well. And obviously he was a bit of a trailblazer back in the day when the Storm first made their mark on the NRL. So, and the respect we talk about Dusty as a legend and, um, Gary Ablett Jr. is a legend. Well, Cameron Smith and Craig Bellamy, what they've done, not only for the game of rugby league, but for the sport in general and as ambassadors is amazing. So, look, I total respect for them. And, look, putting on my total Melbourne hat, let's let's stick it up New South Wales again in some way, shape or form by winning that today or tonight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
Jazzy, your thoughts on the on the game? What what do you think? Both teams are playing really well. Storm are really really quick. Um, and great opportunity to send Cameron Smith out the way he deserves to be. Uh, what is he now? He's a four-time Premiership player now. Um, if you include 2007 and 2009, so he, he so he's uh, definitely got a chance today to go down in the all-time. Well, the, you know, probably close to the all-time greatest player as a five-time Premiership player. Yeah. You What's your thoughts on? What's your thoughts on Cameron Smith? Um, if if well, let's not let's not jinx us, but let we have to talk about it. If we don't happen to win tonight, um, does Cameron Smith play on? And my opinion is that it's not at Melbourne. Um, if he does play on, um, what are your what are your thoughts, Jazzy? Not worth the year, mate. He's best to go out as a as a one club player. I don't. Well, think I totally. I, I totally agree with that. Um, Probably Cooper Cronk had argued differently, um, and he, go, to go away with the premiership the way he did with the Roosters, um, that's not a bad way to go out either. So I think he should, and I also think Bellamy should. Um, Bellamy's been incredible um, for the Melbourne Storm, no doubt, and he's in a long list of incredible coaches. Uh, I know Steve Kearney's coming back, which is absolutely super to be able to potentially hand the reins to him uh, in a year's time. So... Let's see how that pans out. But um, it was interesting to see uh, just quickly before we wrap up that that one picture of Cameron Smith um, chairlifted um, off the other day uh, like this. Um, it was really interesting to see and send such mixed messages on yeah. what was hap- actually going to happen there. So, um, look, I can't wait for the game tonight. I'm, to be honest, I'm super nervous. The Panthers are quick. Um, and, look, they've got... Cleary in amongst others, but and also well coached by his dad. Um, it's going to be it's going to be a, a real battle, and I think the best two teams once again, like we talked about with the with the AFL, that definitely the best two teams have got there for the NRL. So I cannot wait for tonight um, it, to get see, going. My gut tells me, and I don't know why, but my gut tells me he's going to play a year elsewhere, elsewhere um, next year. That's what I yeah. So about. my. My rumours that are that are hearing, and yeah. I'm hearing a lot more of it recently, is that Cam Smith plays in Queensland, um, yeah, and he plays at the Broncos. Um, yeah. So I'd love to. Honestly, I've always been a bit of a Broncos fan, being obviously close, very close to the state of origin um, as well. And before we had a team, I used to follow the Broncos and Parramatta. Um, typically, like a Melbourne uh, Demon supporter, you got to have a second team. So Parramatta were. Uh, <laughs> were good, but not that good um, during their glory period. So Brisbane were always a powerhouse and, and the Storm's been lucky enough to have some good players go up and play in Brisbane. So I think Bellamy actually goes to Storm as well. Uh, I don't think Brisbane, he head coaches. So, sorry, Brisbane. I, I think he goes to Brisbane as well. Um, he won't go there as head coach. They, that's been done and signed, but he goes there as an advisory effectively. Um, and I think it's, I heard a rumour it's a fair de- long-term deal too. So it gives him a lot of security. Um, like a five-by-five kind of scenario. So that'll be really interesting if Bellamy's there. Cam Smith goes there and plays for a year. I don't think necessarily Cameron Smith will come and and coach later, but he may assist and coach, and he'd be fantastic in the media. But he's he's a quietish kind of guy, Cam. So I think he might like to step away from the game for a little while. Do you think it's a bit of a package deal? And I'm not saying it's – but there's not much more from a – 
individual and team that Bellamy and Smith need to achieve, but obviously they have great respect for each other. I'm only going from what the media said. When you look back to the the trio, Billy Slater, Smith, Cooper Cronk, there seems to be a bit of bad blood between those three, like two of the three, when Cooper Cronk went where he went. Do you think, I hope it doesn't end up that way, but my little bit of knowledge and little whispers I've heard that it's basically signed, sealed, delivered, that Smith will go there for at least a year and Ballin will be there as a director of coaching for at least two or three years. Yeah, look, as you know, Juzzy, I, I, I feel a bit, you know, I never really liked uh, Cooper Cronk being at Sydney and, and all those kings. And, and I just saw, obviously, we saw JT go out of the game just as a superstar. Um, uh, Inglis was never the same once he left Melbourne. Um, we've just had so many superstars leave Melbourne Storm and become an unbelievable players somewhere else. But also on the reverse, we've had so many um, club or club uh, castaways or rejects thrown into the pile that we've made into super players again. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's interesting. The NRL's definitely got a different model um, of how they do it and how they trade players and mid-season trades and all sorts of things. And it's, it's, it's an interesting one to talk about for another day. And I look forward to uh, being able to have a chat with there. But, Glenn, I know you're a, you're a, a mad punter, mate. Uh, well, you used to be a mad punter. Now you're just, uh, now you're just, just a like bad to punter. Throw, um, now you're a bad punter, yeah. Just just quickly touch on, on your thoughts uh, here from yesterday, um, Glenn Boss. Oh, look, as you both see, my name is Glenn. Look, you've got to give the man credit. He has been now. You, you talk about Dusty from a footy perspective. Glenn Boss, by good luck, good management, whatever it is, but I think it's more good skill. He seems to get associated with all the good horses. Same with Hugh Bowman. They get on them for a good. They get on them for a reason. Yeah. Now, they're saying it. Look, the, the interesting thing about yesterday, Mooney Valley, is it's a very unique race course. It's a it's a boutique race course. So there is horses that will go to Mooney Valley and love it. Then they'll go to Caulfield or Flemington, and they either lose six lengths or they gain six lengths. So that's it. So. That, so, look, it'll be very interesting. I think, again, as you said about the footy, Justin, I think not necessarily the best horse won yesterday, but they don't put horses on a plane from England and bring them all the way on a 14-hour flight or whatever down to Australia if they don't think they've got no chance. So, look, we, we'll, I'm not a favourite backer. So, unless it's a horse like Winx or, Blue, or Black Caviar. So, it'll be interesting to say. So, we... We go around next week, we've got the Derby, which is one of the greatest days in Australian racing. But again, a bit like the footy yesterday and today, it's on the TV, but without people, you don't see people walking down the street all dressed up in their finery about to head off to the races. That's the the side effect of COVID. So, Well, mm. let's be honest, there was about to be. Um until they could pull the pin on that 500 people. So <laughs> thank God they did, mate, because uh, that could have got a little bit messy as well. It shows you how much sport means to Victoria and such Australians, doesn't it? When the latest comes up with their headline thing is 500 people can't go to the Cox Plate. Let's let's don't worry about the people who are dying. <laughs> let's talk about the 500 people 
So, what about you, yeah. Justin? You are you a horse racing fan as well? Yeah, mate. I uh, own a couple of horses. We had some horses Beautiful. with Weary, um, and we won the uh, at a horse um, that won the Warnable Cup and the Werribee Cup. Oh, okay. Uh, my so, dad the horse. My my dad had a couple of horses with DK. Yeah, and yeah. A, he I, was he was fantastic. I mean, um, I can only judge things on my experiences, but just a fantastic guy I had to deal with. Absolutely yeah, fantastic. What we will do, guys, is I think I'd like to try and rustle up a few blokes that we know and and try and put this same kind of little conversation together in the next couple of days uh, in the lead up. Uh, potentially, if you guys are interested for the for the cup, Nick, given that it'll straight after footy, straight after rugby, uh, we've got something next to talk about, and then we start leading into cricket. So I know Juzzy, one of your passion and loves is is the great Donald Bradman and cricket. So I look forward to a few of those chats um, as well. So we can extend this for a little bit longer, guys, um, but I'd love to cut, kind of cut it off now for for today's show and talk about racing uh, coming up in the future. But I'd also, there's one interesting thing I saw in the paper that I want to float for the future is something like this, um, 30 best sports photos. So I'm going to give you guys a little bit of homework to go away and and find a few images that uh, are right in your wheelhouse and some stories you, you kind of like to tell from from what uh, what was fun times for you in among sports. So there's, there's some absolute rippers here posted in today's paper. So I'm not going to, let's not cut, Let's not deliver any now, Glenn, because I know you're going to probably run with one. No, Let's I was just going to say, are you, are you talking that I was personally involved in or one that I saw from a... No, not at all. From a, fan, from a fan point of view, you can be yep. involved in it. So let's yep. throw it That's wide cool. open. Um, it, it was either a special day to you. Uh, let's yep. talk about that. Or also let's talk yep. about a special pivotal moment in sport. But, so I think we can have a few shows on that topic. So we might include that as a little bit of a segment. I, I'd like to structure this. Uh, even though we've never had a structure, maybe today's the day we start to plan for a structure. Um, but yeah, once again, we wheel through. We've actually we got a through five guys. Aaron's very structured. I'm not really good with IT, Justin. So that's where Aaron says do it, go do homework. Well, we'll get along well then, Glenn. I'm a bit of an <laughs> IT dinosaur. As you see, right, today structure. I've been on the mobile device. Yeah. Yeah, no, I love it, Juzzy. And I look forward to uh, having a chat about that super cinema room you've got there too. So we'll talk about that oh, in the next nice. episode. Hold that hold that thought. I know we I, we snuck a little sneak peek, peek there as, uh, as the camera moved a couple of times, but I want to hold that thought and I want to talk about that great kid that uh, put that together for you too because he's a super talent. So we'll give him a bit of airtime too in the next month or so, hopefully. It'd be great to uh, maybe get him on talent, and see what, he's, see what he's up to during this time. So... Great um, Daniel Burrows. Absolutely. Um, we'll look him up for sure. So thanks again, guys. It's been super to have a chat. Um, no worries, mate. Sunday Love afternoon. Justin. Cheers, Glenn. Look forward, likewise, the, mate. look forward to the mighty Melbourne Storm getting it done tonight. Um, and hopefully we've got a, another paper tomorrow to read with more than two pages based on the Melbourne Storm. So it'll be great. Cheers, guys. <laughs> well, See, you soon. See you, mate. Well, we Bye. Ta-da.